0: have your favorite friends it's like we just been to the sandbox it's fun um i'm wendell i'm living loved by god i'm uh recovering from spiritual and emotional abuse and addiction to food and work and control had severe control issues still do i'm realizing uh something i'm going to talk about a little bit tonight um i think it's the root of all evil (laughs) control issues It's not money, it's control issues. Uh, And uh, I've had issues with porn and alcohol. Uh, I used to rage some when I was really angry. Um, I've had deep periods of depression and used to have panic attacks a lot. So a lot of that's okay, but it's part of my story. Hey! And no notes. Ah, Scary. (laughs) Anyway, um, so uh back early on the first two or three years of my recovery um in case you're new and don't know it uh recovery started here and by the way publicly here in house we still call it recovery but that's a bad word in the big church they don't like that word so we are a ministry of hope and healing so just remember that we'll keep reciting that over and over they say what's what's pathway pathway is a ministry of hope and healing. we're not a recovery ministry wink wink okay so just that's how but just in here, we can use the word recovery. Back when, uh, recovery's been here since 05. That's, that, that's a long time. I mean, we're going to go on 20 years just in a few years is, that we've been here. But back uh, just two or three years in, I remember being in a group, a small group, and I said something about, I might have actually been leading that group, or maybe I was teaching a lesson. I can't, I can't remember what it was. But um, I said something about certain emotions being bad. Like there's good emotions and there's bad emotions. And I remember there was a therapist who came and 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 he knew way more than I did about this and he came up to me and said, do you really want to say that, that certain emotions are good and certain emotions are bad? Do you really want to say that? And it was like, explain to me. So he explained, I was like, oh. Our emotions are simply like a gas gauge, a temperature gauge, a whatever on your dashboard in your car. Sorry, it's a very male analogy, but Everybody's driven, so we know what that means. So that it's just a gauge to kind of tell you how you're responding emotionally to life, you know, your anger, your fear, w- whatever. It's just a gauge that tells you. And that would that would be, um, I don't know, in terms of medical uh, terms, that would be like an acute response, you know, just boom, right, real quick. You respond to whatever life has. And so there's no good or bad, right or wrong way, to respond emotionally life and that that was a a key element in my understanding of of mental and emotional health is to realize you feel what you feel and and to try how many of us have said God please help me not feel this way like how's that working for you (laughs) it no God says are you kidding I gave you those they are telling you something listen to them don't pray them away or try to pray them away don't drink them away don't you know, drug them away, don't work them away, don't, whatever your medication is, don't, don't bury those emotions, uh, dig into them. But sometimes emotions, uh, for a while I use the word rogue, emotions kind of go rogue, or if you want to use the word that would follow acute, uh, emotions kind of go chronic. And they kind of, uh, they kind of almost become a way of life. And I want to talk about that tonight. Um, and, and I want to approach it from a, uh, for, from a not fun way. So I'm just going to tell you that up front. Because as I was thinking about this, I thought, this is not going to come across very positive. This is going to be kind of negative and kind of, but anyway, I'm giving you a warning. Um, anger, anger is essential If we're not angry at what's going on in Ukraine right now, then I'd say there's probably something wrong with us. There needs to be a certain degree of anger at that. Um, But when we let anger toward a neighbor or a spouse or somebody that we know, when we let it uh, bristle and and blow and boil and simmer over a long period of time until we get to the place where I have no use for them, I have deep, dark resentment for them. I would like to hurt them, or if not that, at least uh, expose who they really are to the world. The world needs to know how bad and sorry they are, and we have and we have just simple anger that maybe even just starts with frustration, but then it moves to anger, and then boom, it gets to this rage, and then it just it just goes inward, and we have this this resentment. Um, fear. I'm a woodsman. I love to be out in the woods. If I'm not afraid when I'm walking through the woods and I come up on a coiled rattlesnake whose tail is sizzling, if I'm not afraid, there's something wrong with me. Right. I mean, if you got if you got a pit bull that gets well, that's not good to blame a certain if you have a mean dog, because there are a lot of really good pit bulls. So sorry, 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 sorry. If you have an aggressive dog who's not under control and it gets after a child and you're not afraid for that child and you don't want to rescue that child, there's something wrong with you. But when that fear turns kind of into a state of anxiety and then turns into a just a, a, a case of chronic worry and dread. And and, and um, those are those are good enough words. We don't need to add to them. Y'all are following me. That suddenly fear, which is a natural emotion God has given us, has become chronic and be- has become kind of systemic. And it's just it's we lit we live there, and we keep it pushed down. But it doesn't take very much at all to to make it phone to the top because that's our go to emotion. Um, disappointment. Disappointment. Um, God built us to have desires. We, if we don't want stuff, we, we die. You, you want food to live. You want air to breathe. You've got to want things. You've got to have a certain desire to acquire things that even keep you alive. But beyond that, you want something to be beautiful, or you want something to be enjoyable, or you want something to be tasty. So you have certain desires that God put uh, you know, put into us that, that we, we have. So when we, we don't get what we want, that's who wrote that song? you don't get what was that a stone song anyway? Is that right? Have I got that? yeah, yeah you don't always get what you want yeah, but that there's but you get what you need. that kind of blew my point oh well, so but you but we we're, we're, we're tracking here, so when you're going through life and, and you kind of you you really want something, and it usually has to do with people, usually you know, now we're going to have to go have a visit with. You know, Billy Bob and Sally Sue, or something over there, and we have expectations and, and desires. We really want that to go well, and we want, you know, we have expectations of how, to, and it doesn't turn out that way because they see mean things to us, and they don't notice our new car or we, whatever it is, and and we, and so we, we kind of get our feelings hurt, and then that disappointment goes into, you know, feeling sorry for ourselves, and then we just kind of live in this puddle of self-pity nobody nobody cares nobody's had it as hard as me everybody's got a story but nobody's story's as sad as mine nobody's load is as heavy as mine nobody has to work so hard at life as I do nobody everybody else gets noticed a little I never get noticed whatever whatever the case may be you have self-pity and we okay so we could list a bunch you could anybody here could name an emotion and then we could kind of stretch it out and show what happens when it kind of gets When it goes from acute to chronic, when it goes from it's natural, what it's supposed to do, to, okay, now it's gone crazy. Now it's kind of running things. And it, okay, here's where I'm going to go dark, and I don't, I'm sorry, but this just, this worked for me, and I hope it'll work for you. Okay, the dark approach worked for me. Do we, do we re- stop and think about just pragmatically? We're not, we're not talking spiritual. We're not talking Jesus or anything like just practical. You know, it works better when I use a spoon with my right hand than it does my left hand because I'm right-handed. Just practical everyday living. How much energy do we waste Because we have so much physical energy, we have so much mental energy, but we also have so many emotional calories to burn in a day. We only have so many to burn in a day. You know, you sleep, you kind of get it stored up, and then you wake up in the morning, and you've got X amount of calories emotionally to burn that day. How many calories do we waste feeling sorry for ourselves? Holding grudges against people? And this is not to shame us. This is not to make us feel. See, as soon as I say this, it's like, boy, he's going heavy-handed on us. And This is not to shame us. It's to help. It helps me think practically because I've spent. I'm jumping all over the map. I'm sorry. I've, I've spent. How many of you? You all have done this too. I've spent days in a row doing nothing else but feeling sorry for myself. Just, oh, I've spent days in a row, if not weeks and months, figuring out how I'm going to get back with so-and-so. Or figuring out how I'm going to tell on them. Or feeling out how I'm going to grind a pound of flesh off them. Some way I'm going to do it verbally. Some way I'm going to do it. How's that working for you? I mean, I'm asking myself, how's that working for you? All it does is sap your energy. All it does is drain your batteries. Burns calories. And, you know, physically we want to burn calories because it... Emotionally, no. not not good. It, uh, so are we tracking here? I'm not, I'm not trying to shame anybody. And by the way, let's start with this too. Because I think it's another one we need to track down. Like I say, I don't have notes, so I'm all over the map. There's, there's this thing, because this is huge. There's this thing about messing up, personal mess ups that go to regret. Ooh, I regret that. That go to guilt. I shouldn't have done that. I probably need to go make amends for that, that, you know, I did wrong, that go to shame. I didn't just do wrong, I am wrong. I am i am inherently flawed. There's something broken, weak, uh, toxified, poisonous, whatever. There's something wrong with my character. That's another thing that is huge that I, I should have put in that list of things, right? I mean, who hasn't... Whew, you know, self-pity, worry, some of these things, uh, holding grudges, those are heavy. I don't know that there's anything heavier to carry than shame. That's why Brene Brown has done so much research in it. That's why she said so much about it. Um, that's probably the heaviest of all the chronic or rogue emotions, whatever you want to call them. It's probably one of the heaviest ones we carry. And it's, po- it's pointless. The only thing it does is burn emotional calories. It does not produce anything Positive, and that's kind of where I want to go with this. So these these chronic emotions that that we let kind of fester and grow. Um, they they burn calories and they waste our days. We're, we only have so many days to live, you know. And I'm not saying that you li- need to live life all calculated. With maximum production and max, that's silly too. That's not where, where we're in. we're talking about living in peace and living in in, in satisfaction and contentment. That's that's where we want to live, and it robs us day after day after day. Well, that one's gone, that one's gone. Wouldn't it be and this? Oh, this would be a really bad exercise, but wouldn't it be interesting to take a calendar for a month or two, and get uh, various colored pens, and and say that day was spent obsessing over anger. That day was spent celebrating in gratitude. That day was spent in self-pity or whatever. And do that for two or three months and come back. (laughs) That was, don't do that. But think about about what it would produce. Think about what it would tell us about, I am wasting my life. I'm not trying to shame anybody. I'm talking to myself here. I'm wasting my life Investing in things that produce nothing—it literally produces nothing positive, whatsoever. And life is not all about production. I'm not saying that. But at the end of a month, if we colored a calendar and we look back and say, "Well, I basically wasted two thirds of that month," that—that's a chunk of time. You know, where we could have been loving on somebody or we could have been helping somebody or could have been listening to somebody. It's a chunk of time. So I could be wrong, but I've kind of come to the place where I th- believe that, that when it comes to the normal responses, em- the normal emotional responses we have to life, just feel those feelings. Just feel them. And I'll talk about that in just a minute. Maybe, maybe I won't. But just, just feel that. Don't, just let them be what they are. But, but when we sense, and maybe it would take a calendar with colored pencils. I don't know. When we sense that there's this recurring theme in my life, that every other day or every other week we have a chunk of time here that we just spend on self pity, or we spend in shame, or we, whatever. When we realize those things, I. I personally don't want to live there. I don't, you know, I don't think any of us want to really live there, and maybe it would take a chart to show us. That's why we do the inventories we do and the things we do in Pathway is, is to kind of give us a chart of something to look at about where we're at. But if, if we look at these things, we have a choice of shredding them. We have a choice of sweeping them to the side, burying, putting them under the bed, whatever, or we have the choice of digging into them. and and trying to start connect the dots we may need some professional help we may need to sign up for a group where we could share part of our story we may need to find a recovery partner where we say you know I'm noticing some trends in my life I need somebody I could talk with about this I don't need you to fix me I just need you to listen to me and as I work some of this through but I don't think any of us would raise our hand tonight and say I'll sign up to be a chronic worrier or I'll sign up to be a a chronic self-shamer or you know, here I'll sign up for the Grudge Club. Let's, let's, let's. You know, all join a Grudge Club. I don't, I don't think anybody would want to do that. So I think one of the things is we do is we explore these um, emotions that go rogue like this are not to be avoided or medicated. They're to be explored, and we dig into them and ask questions. And part of what we do here, um, we got. You know, a lot of us have heard this before, but maybe we haven't. Um, um, I I don't know. Maybe it's because I grew up in the middle of him, but I'm I'm pretty much Freudian in the way I think, and I think that a lot of what happens back there affects who I am now. Has a big, it's a loud voice in my voice now. I don't think it determines my future, but I think it speaks into it. it no, it yells into it. It screams into it. Well, sometimes it whispers into it, but the whisper is powerful. So I think sometimes the digging into the emotion would would. What would help would be, okay, what I'm feeling right now, what triggered that? You know, why is this emotion on edge all the time? What triggered it? And what does it remind me of from back then? You know, what is it? And start to connect the dots and and start talking about it and find healing for that. Okay, so... I don't really have a whole lot more to say. We're gonna get done early. You're gonna get a lot of time. (laughs) You have to tell your life story. (laughs) Okay, so I I was gonna share a little bit and and let let me just do this and and some of y'all are gonna look at me cross-eyed. I've shared this before, but I think it's important. If we're gonna talk about emotions, okay, we've talked about kind of the chronic ones that we explore them, we write them down, we share them with other people and and we dig into them. But what about the acute ones? What about the angry ones? What about the lustful ones? What about the envious ones? What about the uh, hyper anxiety ones that may not stick around a lot, but 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 they're there. And and right now, I've got to deal with them. That, now we're talking about something different. We're kind of talking about the natural expression of emotion. Here's here, Robbie and I talk about this a lot. And I don't know how. I, oh, this I shouldn't go here. This is going to be a podcast too. Anyway. Okay, so I'm a man. Did you notice? I'm a fat old man, but I'm a man. So before I was ever a minister, before I was ever a Christian or anything else, I'm a man, so I have sexual desires as a man. So uh, men are visually, that's what we are sexually, and we're predators and and breeders. Women are lovers, men are breeders. Men have to learn to love, and I won't go there. Anyway, so never mind. So... So, okay, so I used to, uh, we used to live uh, on a street here in, in Bowling Green, and a lot of people jogged up and down that street. And in the summertime, I would sit on my couch and look out the window, and there would be women, nice-looking women, jog. And as the weather warmed up, they didn't wear much as they jogged, and I'd be like, oh, my goodness, you know. And so I, I was a man. I thought man thoughts and felt man feelings about it. And inevitably, I would say, God, help me not feel that. And I got to thinking about that, and I thought, that is ridiculous. He, he put testosterone into me. He created me as a man. He is not going to now short-circuit that. He, it, 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 and it never worked. It never did anything to change anything. I'm not just going to talk about lust. I'm going to talk about another emotion, too. But So I started, and I'm not going to get too graphic. In a men's group, I will, but I won't mix company. Um, so I started just telling God exactly what I was thinking about that scantily clad woman jogging by. I would just open up and just tell him, this is what I think, this is what I'd like to do. Those kind of conversations last about three seconds when, with God. It's like, oh my. You know, I am talking about his beloved daughter. I am talking about one of his favorite people on the planet. And these are my thoughts, and I'm trying to explain to God what I'd like to do here. And I found that all of a sudden, though my mind st- Stopped being so predatory, and my mind stopped being so that way. If, if I, you women are looking at me, you're like, "What are you talking about?" But the men here understand what I'm talking about. They're, my mind stopped stopped thinking that way. Just it stopped thinking that way, and I thought, "Oh my gracious, that works." I wonder if it works in other places too. And so I, I don't get angry very often, but I do get angry. I mean, you know, we all do get angry, and so. Inevitably, I would get angry at somebody who I really love, I really care about, and, and I'd go the same place again. God, I know I shouldn't feel angry. Please help me not to feel angry. It never worked. The anger never left. It stayed right there with me. And so I thought, I wonder if the same thing with anger would work that worked with lust. So I'd say, and, and by the way, this is biblical. I'd say, God, I wish you'd smash them. And here's why. Here, this is their crime. They did this to me or they didn't do this. And I wish you'd whoop whoop them upside the head or whatever. And as I was saying that, I thought, wait a minute, I've read this before. Read some of the Psalms. Read some of the Psalms. When David's got an enemy, he says, whack their head off, disembowel them. I mean, he, he gets worse than I ever thought about getting, you know. But then inevitably he would say, okay, I realize this is not up to me. This is up to you. But you have to have the ugly conversation first before you have the, the therapeutic, good, healing conversation. So, okay, so chronic emotions may not be so easily and quickly, quickly dealt with. They need to be dug into, and that's why we have pathways, so we can dig into them. But the acute emotions that, that we think, this is I don't want to stay here. I don't want to keep lusting after that woman. I don't want to keep being angry at my one of my favorite friends, I don't want to, you know what I'm saying? I don't want to have this weird fear toward whatever. Then I think it's a, 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 those acute raging, just boom, that emotion just hit, is, God, I feel this way, and, and I want to legitimatize my feeling. This is why I think I ought to feel this way. That's always a funny conversation is when we try to justify. Self-pity is a real good one if you think about that. If you had that conversation with God, God, they hurt my feelings so bad. They treated me so unfairly. You see where we're going with this? And he's sitting there thinking, yeah, I've been there, kind of done that. Kind of like I showed up and, and y'all stuck nails in me and y'all killed me. So that conversation is usually pretty short when I'm trying to convince God how hard my life is. <laughs> My life's so hard, and people are so unfair to me. And he's like, okay. People ignore me. Okay. (laughs) Anything you want to do that's about self-pity, God's like, okay. You know, just climb up here, and I'll pat you on the head, and everything's going to be okay. But anyway, so I don't know if this helps, but we... um, I always feel like... as in Pathway, that we need a, a balance. I'm, a, I'm just going to kind of uh, tell you what I have to think as like the, head, the main talking head here. Because I feel like we need to have a balance in Pathway about living day-to-day life, just practical. How do I deal with this emotion? How do I deal with that person? What do I do when this comes up? And you don't have to cite Scripture and verse for that. You don't have to. Well, Jesus says you don't have to do that. You just... We have a collective wisdom, much of what I've gathered from you over time, and we can we can use this collective wisdom to figure some of these out. But the other side, which, you know, as we approach Easter, we're probably going to do this some, the other side of faith-based recovery is to really dig into the reality of God, not the traditions about god not what we've been spoon-fed about god not what we caught from our caregivers but the the true nature of god and god's true feelings do you see what do you see what i'm saying so we live down here we we're struggling with this but we've got to have this we've got to have this hope that we have a god who gives a shit you know he cares about where we live i mean like how could he show any more that he cares? He's, he's gone as far as he can go to show he cares about us. So you've got these two things and we, we live, you and I live in the middle of these two. This is, this is where we camp out. Um, and so that, that's kind of what dictates what we talk about. And you know what, when you all share your stories, if you listen, you'll hear both parts. You'll hear these are the practical aspects of where I was, where I am today and where I hope to be. And these are, for lack of the relational aspects of me and, and my God, it's, it has you have to deal with both. And so tonight we just got uber practical, just like this is what it feels like to deal with this stuff, and this, is, this helps us.